Romancing the Dungeon is intended for mature audiences, as this show contains adult themes. Not those kind of adult themes, just sensitive stuff that some audience members may find upsetting. Content warning for specific episodes can be found in episode descriptions. to Romancing the Dungeon, a softcore D&D podcast about heroes navigating their daily lives while looking for love in a world full of peril, monsters, and heartbreakers. That's the thing about the undead, and he cracks the whip in the ground. You've got to hit them just right. With a flick of his wrist, Kyle just sends the the whip lunging outwards uh, as it slashes up along, uh, sops his back, and he stops moving. Marilla just locks her eyes on you. Cloda, get them out of here. I'll handle this thing. Take care of my kids. And she pulls out a pink gemstone from her pocket and breaks it. The crystals rush up along her arm, entombing her in a large crystal form that spreads across the arm of Moira, the night hag. She tilts her head backwards. My city, my best is my mate. And Marilla Whistlecoil dies. Are you lonely? Miserable? are just plain horny well you've taken the first steps to solving your problems at least your dating ones welcome to d8 devoted desired dreamier dirty dapper dates for dejected daters my name is Roz grapers founder ceo and love wizard and we've got a half off discount on our new service you can't spell necromance without romance <coughs> what do you mean this is in poor taste <laughs> It's the funeral episode. Oh. Oh. The optics on this are not going to look good. Anyway, our questionnaire continues. What was the last thing that made you cry? Um, It was the morning after a a, a romantic evening. And um, there, I was was in the bathroom and their partner came home and I, I just zipped up too quickly. Yeah. It just brought a a tear to my eye well i cry basically i can cry over anything really like yesterday i cried because i couldn't find the frying pan in the kitchen and then the other day i cried when i saw two owners walking their dogs on opposite side of the streets <laughs> over the fact that the dogs would never meet each other and be friends yeah i, I can yeah sorry I, are you crying right now <laughs> no uh, tragically, I was actually born without tear ducts. Um, very rare medical condition. Uh, I tried once and I, I popped a rib. Um, I haven't cried since the age of six. My brother picked on me and I cried and then I beat the shit out of him. And from that day on, I swore to never cry again. Nobody believes that. <laughs> you big mopey bitch. 
at a funeral. Do you have to ask me that right now? <laughs> well, I've been chasing you for weeks. <laughs> okay, it's the one time I've managed to pin you down. You're really hurting me. <laughs> well, <laughs> if you stop squirming and answer the question. <laughs> no, it was right now. <laughs> Great, thank you. <laughs> You had found your way back to the command centre that the Galeshire army had set up in the Market Square. Uh, it was fortified with barricades, so on and forth, and you see kind of tents. And Groff had kind of eagerly awaited your return, offered you a cup of tea or something stronger. And Groff is just, again, well, it's not Groff, it, it, it's his little assistant. And he's standing there with literally a scalding tin pot full of tea and a, uh, a rather thick... Uh, crystal glass decanter uh, filled with wine. Can I grab the wine and take a big swig of it and just be like, so that was... Well, we have glasses. I I just drank some more. (laughs) (laughs) I'm ignoring her and like helping Quillo like sit down or or lie down somewhere to recuperate. He, 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 you bring him kind of over towards the tent and stuff like that and there is you can see there's a cot uh, there's a few of the wounded soldiers that were being tended to by some of the healers from the Temple of Brogue uh, kind of gathered around and some of the soldiers attending to others uh, yeah and you find an empty space and you kind of set him down where were you? I was defending one of the other gates I mean before this in a in a cave in in the woods, I I I'm sorry. I thought I said this to you. I thought she sent a letter or something. She never informed me. Just kind of shrugs his shoulders and he kind of kicks off his boots and he lies back into the the cot. It's fine. Uh, he rolls over onto his side. I have literally a splitting headache. And. Give me a perception check, Fia. Okay. 16. When he rolls over and you're, you're kind of, it's it's a bit strange. You had this conversation. You, you, you talked to him. You've explained things, but he didn't seem to remember a whole pile of it. Or it, it was a bit, you had a weird, like we talked about this. It was a bit of a deja vu thing for a bit. But as he kind of rolls over and he kind of throws himself out into the cot in his left ear, you just see there's a little dried, at first what looks like blood. It's black. Can I call over someone, like a healer or something, to come and have a look? A a small little halfling woman. uh, Again, she's wearing the the Temple of Brogue robes. She's passing you and she's kind of got a kind of a small box filled with bandages and stuff like that. I'm sorry, could you could you have a quick look at my brother, please? There's something wrong. He's not his memory is messed up. Uh, I okay. Um I'm not really sure what I can do, but uh, and she puts the box down on the ground. How many fingers am I holding up? And she points the Matt Quillow and he's literally lying on his side. He doesn't say anything. I think he's sleeping. That would probably explain why his memory is not so good. Uh, okay. How many fingers am I holding up? And she 
puts up three <laughs> fingers too. Uh, three. But could, could you get a healer or someone, please, to to to, to will, check on him, please? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Um, maybe you should go and. Uh, have yourself checked out? I will take care of your brother. I'm perfectly fine. I don't I... think so. You are talking to an unconscious man and you're saying there's problems with his memory. You don't seem to understand how unconsciousness works. <laughs> he wasn't unconscious 30 seconds before you got here. Oh, that's very grave. Okay, okay. And she's not actually right. You should have, ex- you should have led with that. That is most important. He just passed out? He just passed out. Well, yes, then, thank please you. communicate clearer when there is a problem with a patient. Just take care of my brother, please. Thank you. And she kind of claps her hands together and there's literally kind of sparkles of white light around her and she's just holding him over and she's just humming to herself. It's like a little... <laughs> I'm going to just make a note of that and just go back and join Nate and see what's going on. Vesta is just slugging down that decanter of, of wine. I think I'm just staring her down. I offer him some wine. <laughs> I say nothing. Take it back and drink some more. Fuck you. <laughs> Ever so slightly awkward. Um, just telepathically to Hephaestus, uh, Kyle just says, Nice friends. Warm. Get out of my fucking head. Okie dokie. Your choice. So, uh, anybody care to explain how it was done? I, I, I assume the, the, the fellow in charge of it all has been dispatched. Yeah, I, I guess, but we're not really sure how he did it. Well, you you killed him. Yeah, but I don't know how he made it happen. Oh, we'll find that out afterwards. Don't you worry about that. We've got loads of experts on, on, on payroll and, and whatnot. Uh, don't you worry your little head. Not expert enough to take him down, though. Well, no, they're academics. They're I really don't think they'd, they'd quite stand up to that sort of thing. You seem to be much more cut out for these kind of things. You have a head that looks like it could take down a wall. Thanks. Oh, you're most welcome. You can see Kyle visibly biting his lip. <laughs> In agreement, or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at this stage, fear has returned, um, and yeah, there is a clear tension just permeating around the camp. Can I see Sekhmet lying around anywhere? Give me a investigation check. 13. Again, still slugging out of that decanter. Uh, the bottle more or less jammed to your mouth. It's been a long day. Yeah. You, you're you kind of scanning the, the cots and stuff like that. And it's actually in one of the other tents. Uh, you do see several healers have gathered uh, around her. I'm just going to give like a really awkward thumbs up to Nate and then just kind of saunter over that way. I don't really want to involve myself. I just want to kind of like peek over them and see if she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> she is. Uh, no. Perfect. I'm done here. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to interfere. Is she... Any pulse? <laughs> Fingers crossed. Any pulse? Any pulse? <laughs> All of the healers seem to be working. Like mm. the, the, This isn't, you know, two or three with a couple of assistants. They are all, they all, there's a well of magical energy just sort of surging and quickly being drained. The healers look to be struggling. You know she was attacked. You know it happened uh, at the southern gates, but you're not really sure what actually happened to her. Any kind of wounds she might have gotten in that fight have been healed. 
but they're still working on her and she seems to be completely uh, unresponsive. Um, so I just lean over them a little bit and I'm like, so she's good, yeah? I'm sorry, who are you? Family. Uncanny resemblance. Like, come on, just they, what's... They, they look down at her and they look up at you and they're like, sure. Uh, <laughs> he, he's, he, you can see he's kind of, he's still, his hands are still uh, resting kind of over her. Look, I don't, it's not looking good. We've all the physical trauma, the, the the broken bones, the open sores, those have healed. She's not responding. She's she's not waking up. Being, she should be waking up. But don't you have anyone better? She's and, and like the 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 human male kind of just just gestures over, and you see a tan-skinned middle-aged man just his eyes are closed and there is now that you've kind of fixed on him a little bit a lot of the power a lot of the energy in this room it's actually focusing in on him the others seem to be kind of pushing it towards him you are looking at one of the best healers in the temple if Rashid can't do anything then you may want to let family know Nope. And I just take a big swig of the wine and I walk back out. <laughs> At that exact moment, Sekhmet convulses <laughs> and her eyes blink open. And there's just, no. I'm on my deathbed as far as you're aware and no. I just bow and then I go back out and join the guy. <laughs> Rashid just falls over and he, he collapses. Really? <laughs> Uh, literally shouting after you it's just segment really see you later she goes to stand up and then she kind of loses balance like her head spins and she, oh we're dealing with this heffy and she grips the side of the bed and then the healers kind of go to push her down and one of them's tending to brother Rashid uh, who <laughs> literally is unconscious on the ground now Groff is just kind of fielding soldiers in and out there, kind of reporting on various damage. They're wondering what to do with all the people who escaped through the docks onto Lake Capulet. And there's a soldier, a half-elf uh, man standing next to him. Miss Burbage, could you please... Um, you, you you had mentioned, you, you brought it to our attention first that you felt there was a hag in, in the city. Would you... Would you be able to give any sort of description? She she looks like a hag. I mean, I don't know how... And Groff is just nodding. Um, she had a necklace the same as Sops did. Um, it was green. When that Sopsy little fellow, when he, when, he, when he was dispatched, perchance he didn't become enveloped in a pink crystalline sarcophagi? No, he just fell dead. Hmm. Why? Well, uh, this rather uh, astute soldier, uh, I, I, I had a small platoon seek out the city, just a cautionary, you understand. Uh, a hag isn't one to be trifled with. Um, uh, we appear uh, to have located her. She, like Sops, has been dispatched, which is good news all round. Uh, the matter in which we're little, again we'll be referring to those academics and he looks at you dead in the eye Vesta. 
she, unlike Sops, uh, appears to be entombed in some sort of crystal-like status. A, a, a rather sweet pink, that's how you described it, and the, the, the half-elf order is just not... She, she, she didn't have an accomplice by a chance, did she? Not that I saw, no. It's, 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 it's rather strange. There appears to be a second person also entombed in it. Another hag? We, can, we, we can't really tell. They're, it's definitely a lady. But it, can, can gnomes be hags? You didn't, you didn't happen to see a, a no woman in the vicinity of the hag? No, no, no. Whereabouts is, is this? And the soldier is uh, kind of, again, hands the report to Groff and he's flicking through some papers. <sighs> it was in the slum district. Um, it appears to be a courtyard that links out onto the warehouse district. Um, something Barefoot Alley. Nate just looks at fear and gets a sinking feeling. And I just take off. I, I chase straight after him. I follow. Oh, we're running now? <laughs> okay. As the four of you run to, towards the slum district and heading for Barefoot Alley, Cloda, you have your planner ally, your unicorn, has returned you, Jess, and Ike to the Copper Rabbit. Sort of just, it, it knew instinctively where to take you that you felt safest uh, in, in the city. I just climbed down and... Um, help Ike and Jess off my trusty steed and kind of push open the door to the copper rabbit. Unicorn just kind of nudges you a little bit and then bows its head and then blink and and Ike kind of slings Jess's arm uh, over her shoulder uh, and she's kind of like carrying him towards the, the stairs Yes, we really have to talk about a diet. This is <laughs> uh, this puberty thing is just really. <laughs> and Ike just looks back over your shoulder. Cloda. Yes, sweetie. Go help, mom. I'm on it. As you are making your way towards that courtyard, you do see that there's a few more soldiers around. There's a lot of dead undead and you see soldiers and priests from the temple of brogue just kind of trying to help uh they're pulling people out of the rubble the fight the battle the the attack on the city seems to be over but there's still a lot of anxiety and tension and, and fear hanging in the air as you come around in the corner towards an arched alleyway standing there in the in the dark you see a figure just completely frozen in place statuesque their form twisted anyway but just these chunks of pink crystalline shards exploding from them and you recognize the hag that called herself Moira immediately like her heart rate is going to increase and she's just going to look around panicked Marilla Marilla your voice just echoes there's no response as you slip into the courtyard, right where you left her, you see Marilla. She's standing. She's not moving. 
No, 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 Marilla, please. Please don't leave me. Nothing happens. Is there any guards around or anything? Like, I, I saw some coming in. You had. In the courtyard. Yeah, you, uh, as you, um, as you look around desperately for anybody or any, any, any sign of somebody to help, uh, a half-elf guard just sort of ducks down a side street. Please, please help me. Uh, and uh, he stops, comes back. <laughs> she, I don't know what happened. She's, please, you have to help me. Okay, okay. Is somebody missing? No, she's right here. And then I gestured towards the pinkness. <laughs> Okay, um, I, I, I don't understand. It, well, help me get her out of this. It's, uh, miss, you, you, you have to calm down. It, it, it's a statue. <laughs> it's not a statue. She's my mom. I, I think you might be in shock. I'm not in shock. Oh my god! Can you not help me? Uh, uh, tell me what happened. Did... She, she told me to leave. I shouldn't have left. Is your mom always turning into statues? <laughs> I need... I need help. Okay. Um, sorry, that was a stupid question. Is your is your mom... Is she, is she a wizard? Does she use magic? Is this a spell gone wrong? And then she... Her memory is going to go back to seeing the giant pink... <laughs> sphere that Marilla pulled out oh my god it was a bomb and his eyes just go wide (laughs) (laughs) she she saved everybody your mom and she's just gonna like collapse in a heap he sees the other figure your aunt (laughs) She was a hag. Oh. She was controlling everything. I I think... Oh my god. She sacrificed herself. Okay. I am going to get somebody in charge. Why don't you stay here with your mom? And he, he runs off. And you're left sitting next to, to Marilla. She's just going to start quietly sobbing. You promised you wouldn't leave me. And then Nate, Fia, Hephaesta and Kyle, you arrive and you see Cloda. If the first thing I see is Cloda, I'm I'm just going to run straight to her and I'm just going to throw my arms around her and you okay? I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Are you okay? I'm fine. I hold my head against her head. I pull back and I look behind her and I see Marilla. I couldn't help her. I'm sorry I wasn't there. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. This never should have happened. I just wrap my arms around her and I, I just hold on for dear life. We... 
leave the five of you surrounded by guards. Three days pass. We cut to Tezrab City Hall, one of the tallest buildings in the city. Here, several city councillors are gathered alongside the captain of the city guard. They're sitting around a kind of an amphitheater space. The city's speaker, Mary Robinson, uh, an Ara Corcoran woman, they all seem to be, for our Irish listeners, that's just for you. Um, <laughs> she's constantly nodding her head. Um, <laughs> Taken up the air. <laughs> by, by who? <laughs> Before them, Commander Groff uh, from the Gaelshar Army uh, is outlining uh, a report on the damage, uh, costs, uh, estimates are going way above and beyond what the, the initial cost is, kind of going way, way more than what they thought it would be. In the middle of his report, two large dark oak doors are just burst open. And in storms, Quillow Burbage, followed by a gaggle of reporters and various supporters, all wielding placards that decry the the, the city's council. Uh, it's vote Quillow number one, and he starts shouting and decrying uh, that the damage done to the city. Yes, it's devastating, but there was no district hurt more than the slum and poor districts and the warehouse district, and that seems to be largely ignored by Robinson and the other councillors. You'll stand here in your great big room and clap each other on the back at a job well done. Today, this city buries a hero and not one of you has the decency to show your respects. And then he's just yanked by the collar by a guard and he's dragged. Quillow just rolls his shoulders, shrugs the guard off. And as quickly as he storms in, he storms right back out. The reporters writing everything down. The supporters cheering after him. Groff just kind of fixes his spectacles on his face once again. He kind of just looks around at the room and the councillors are all kind of looking at each other and a few of them are kind of muttering and whispering to each other. Mary Robinson seems somewhat distracted. And as she renumerates on what that Quillow fellow said... Um, she looks down at a small brooch uh, on her vestment. Small green rabbit. We cut to Old Smuggler's Cove. And for the first time, and for long after, people will say they've never seen the cove as busy. Um, as throngs of people have gathered to say goodbye to their loved ones. An officiant, a, a rather short furbolg, is sort of, he's moving kind of from group to group. Most people are following the, uh, <clears throat> the age-old ancient tradition of put the body on the, um, put a body on a ship, flood it out to the lake and set it on fire. One group, uh, a particularly riotous bunch of, well, they're all wearing kind of black leather jackets. Uh, uh, they're all wearing kind of little crowns on their heads. Are making a game of trying to like shoot the corpse with the arrow before you shoot the boat. And how many arrows can you get stuck in it? And the officiant is just wondering when he can retire. Um, <laughs> Poor guy. But over the last couple of days, uh, each of you have been preparing yourselves for this. 
Mr. and Mrs. McGucket have been flitting in and out of the Copper Rabbit. Ike and Jess have have been uncharacteristically quiet. Jess is acting in a way that none of you have ever seen him. Where he would have been led by Ike, the half-orc little girl doesn't seem to understand what's happening. Occasionally she asks after Marilla and what's happened to her and why she hasn't come home. And each one of you in your own way have tried to comfort her or explain to her Jess has stepped up. Uh, Jess has and is her big brother, but you've never seen him kind of behave that way. And he has done everything he can within his ability um, to comfort her and kind of keep her distracted. And as they sit there fidgeting in two very, very slightly ill-fitting, well, Ike is in a dress. You've never seen her in a dress. It's a small little black guna uh, that she's just kind of, she's like, she, she's kind of ripped the back on it a little bit because she flexed <laughs> and she tore the back on it, and to, much to Mrs. McGucket's dismay. And Jess is wearing a suit that's buttoned literally right up to the top. Uh, and he has a, a kind of a skinny little black tie on. Um, they're sitting there and Mr. and Mrs. McGucket are sort of fidgeting after them and trying to keep them still. And Arthur is up and down out of his seat and he's trying to kind of get people a place to sit. There's, there, you, you, you were aware that they're, they're trying to expedite the, the burials and the funerals and stuff like that. And they're trying to be as, um, as delicate as they can be. But when word got out that Marilla Whistlecoil was being buried or the ceremony was today, uh, people started drawing lots to see who could have the funeral before her. It was kind of a, everybody wanted, a lot of people want to be here. As the as the morning kind of passes on uh, and uh, you were ushered into carriages or you made your way to Smuggler's Cove, either on foot, uh, you see that all the way through Barefoot Alley, doors are open and the, the threshold of each door uh, is sloshed with water. There's, they're all wet. Uh, a, a tradition that's tied to the, the new god of death, Finn, a big giant fat celestial whale uh, that is meant to gobble up the souls, those who've departed, and ferries them to the afterlife. The souls that he thinks doesn't taste good sit in his belly until he feels that they've repented enough and then he brings them to the afterlife anyway. But occasionally uh, a small gaggle of people will kind of approach and as the carriage that is carrying Marilla Whistlecoil's ashes, she was cremated as per her request. Uh, as the carriage passes, people uh, throw everything. They're literally throwing everything. Flowers... Uh, silk scarves, coins, pots and pans. They're just making an absolute racket of the place. And you can't help but kind of chuckle because uh, Marilla loved a scene. It was like her favorite thing in the world. It was a, was a big old scene. Um, and a lot of people seem to respect that and are kind of chiming in with the, the chaos that is Marilla Whistlecoil's funeral. When you arrive, uh, you find that the other three funerals have been dealt with they've proceedings have have, have taken place and uh, out uh, across the shores of Lake Capulet you do see three small boats on fire the crowd hasn't dispersed everybody who 
even knew her name has come out to to send her a farewell. Marilla had, when word got out, because word always does, when word got out that it was Marilla Whistlecoil who saved the entire city from the poorest urchin to the richest noble, everybody had a moment of a prayer or a thought of thanks for her, whether they knew her uh, in person or just by <clears throat> her rather esteemed reputation. Mm-hmm. And you find yourselves... Uh, at Smuggler's Cove, gathered uh, and surrounded by uh, friends and family. Amongst them, you recognize Nana, Sykes, and Rash. Sykes is in his fully outfitted metal chair that Marilla um, constructed. Quillo uh, is set amongst the crowd and again, gathered with kind of several uh, young people. You see Ezra Gardner III, set up uh, and away kind of down towards the back uh, Festa used by Sekhmet give me an insight check actually Hephaestus uh, 12 there's she doesn't say anything but she just gives you kind of a look um, and for a fleeting moment you, there's a, like a, a glimmer of sympathy uh, in her eyes, uh, that you feel set in one of the rows, uh, making a huge kerfuffle, and she appears to be undoing the top button of an usher's uh, suit as Ra's grey purse. There's a flurry of business cards scattered around the place as well. <laughs> There's a lot of people here. I'm going to mark it. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, and standing uh, on the edge of the shoreline, there's uh, two pillars that are wrapped in. Uh, branches and white flowers there's an altar and on it there's something draped in a small white cloth standing just off to the side there's a rather bedraggled and tired looking uh, tiefling man and he's just kind of nodding along as he sees people kind of filing in next to mr and mrs mcgucket just to the left of them there are two chairs. Behind them, there's two more empty. When Arthur McGucket sees you, Nate, and Cloda, he just he gestures for you to come forward. Yeah, I suppose I'll I'll sort of turn to Cloda and give you the sort of lead and follow you up. Yeah, I'll um, just head up towards them. Hi. Howdy. Hi. How are the two of you holding up? Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be okay. Clara just nods. Mrs. McGucket just kind of, she's just sitting there and you see she's kind of wringing kind of a, uh, kind of a cloth handkerchief in her hands. She's dressed jet black. A huge hat. Like it's <laughs> a big old huge hat. Is it a Stetson? It's a, yeah. It's a, <laughs> a Stetson. Lady Stetson. It's, it's a Lady Stetson. <laughs> but there, yeah, it's it's kind of, it's yeah, it's like a Stetson, but there's a rather rather large brim on it like and underneath there's just a cloud of what's clearly dyed purple and cheaply done uh, or at least the, the the dye that arthur buys her is cheap uh purple hair like just a cloud of purple hair underneath it that sort of hangs down over the brim as well a little bit it's just kind of engulfing her uh she's wearing all black 
next to her are Ike and Jess and Jess and Ike are just playing slaps uh, Jess's hands are black and blue Coda's <laughs> just gonna kind of quietly whistle at the two of them you wanna play? maybe save that for later give give Jess's breaks a, <laughs> Jess's hands a break <laughs> yeah it's okay I'm gonna win the next one <laughs> and Oh, oh God. <laughs> on a 16, he does not win as Ike just full on, like as Jess was talking, full on just wraps him across the knuckles and he just kind of bites down and there's just tears at the corner of his eyes. <laughs> Claude is just going to reach over the back of the chair and be like, okay, that's it. <laughs> and Ike just kind of looks at you and then just looks away and she sits down. Yeah, Claude's heart's going to sink and then she's just going to turn and look at Nate and then also sit down as you kind of turn back to look at nate uh, arthur sees festa and fia and then he's kind of gesturing at the other two seats behind the front row yeah i walk up and take a seat behind them put your bag on the other one <laughs> I don't, I don't, i'm just not even looking at her it's like just straight ahead just looking at anyone else besides her just quietly and it's like undisturbed as I can I just follow and sit silently and you know I'm being good I'm gonna be good uh, Kyle give me a perception check <laughs> 11 uh, you do not see anywhere to sit there's, there's one seat that's like, <laughs> in, your, in your immediate space there's one seat and it's just at the front row and it's on the far right of where uh, Jess and Ike are sitting Kyle looks down and he's like, why did I pick today to wear the seven-inch stiletto? <laughs> <sighs> and then, like, very slowly shuffles up and is like, I'm so sorry. Is this seat taken? I wouldn't. There's just nothing else anywhere. Arthur just kind of looks you up and down. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Well, then I am going to take it. Is that okay? Uh you okay? Perfectly reasonable. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for your loss. Uh, uh, thank you. Did, <laughs> You're welcome. How did <laughs> sit down? Uh, like Arthur's kind of he goes to kind of say something, and then there's just kind of <clears throat> from the uh, the tiefling who at, at this stage people are now just kind of spilling up around the cove. They're sitting up on the piers. They're sitting on on rocks and stuff like that. Dearly beloved. Apologies, uh, wrong ceremony. <laughs> we, the friends and family of, and looks at his hand, Marilla Whistlecoil, gather here today to lay her to rest. What is life? Okay. Nobody wants to answer. Baby, don't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> so probably not going to get an answer with the next part. Then I can't hear. What is death? No answer. Okay. Just skip right through that. We'll just breeze over the next couple of parts of this, I suppose. Okay. 
You go to college, you want to do this major, major, you end up doing this course, Sancho, chicken, chicken. <clears throat> it's all very strange. We're born, we live, and then we don't live anymore. And then apparently a big celestial whale comes down and eats us all up. <laughs> and he then rings you out to the afterlife. Yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of people here, so I I assume she was a very popular lady. I I, I didn't mean it like that. I, I I mean no disrespect. I I just mean she's clearly touched a lot of. Nope. <laughs> nope. I'm sorry. Well, <laughs> I'm very tired. It, it this is the fourth funeral today. Yeah. It all just kind of blurs itself into one. Really, after that, it's all a bit. What is life, huh? <laughs> oh no. Why don't why don't I why, you know why don't I just open it up to the crowd, huh? Why don't you come up here and anybody who who knew her who wants to say goodbye to Mariella floor's yours and he just takes a side step away. Everybody, give me a perception check. Fifteen for Kaya. Twenty-six. Seventeen. Twenty-one. Fourteen. Okay. Cloda and Fia, you both see the officiant as he kind of steps away. Just sort of shuffle his robes a little bit and take a big old swing <laughs> uh, from a metal flask. Cloda's just going to shake her head. Uh, Arthur kind of just looks, he looks at the both of you. Nate, you want to, you want to go up and say something? Uh, uh, yeah, Nate sort of looks around and just to see is anyone else itching at all. Um, Roz was about to get out of her seat. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, um, please. So, um, yeah, Nate's going to get up and go to the altar. If uh, you'd please, I'd uh, like to take this opportunity to talk about myself. When I was a child, I I ran away from home. I probably wasn't much older than Jess or Ike. I didn't know where I was going or what I was going to do. All I knew is that I had to do it to protect myself. And eventually, eventually I ended up on the streets of Tezrab and I hadn't eaten in days. Never been so afraid of dying. The merchants were wise to my tricks and apathetic to my tale. But I continued to wander the streets and then I happened to come upon a cellar door and I descended into its depths not knowing what I'd find and not really caring either it was dark and it was quiet and it was the perfect place to hide from myself 
but I smelled the food before I saw it and I threw myself headfirst into a bread basket and then crack the lights went out when I woke up I was in a fresh bed and Marilla was standing over me I knew I was in trouble but when I looked into her eyes I saw something there that I had never seen before. Love. She smiled and she said, You little bastard. (laughs) It is a great comfort to see all the love my mother left behind reflected in the eyes of those here today. Grief is a heart swell. A love that cannot be expressed. But I will carry this pain for the rest of my days and know that I was loved. Thank you. (laughs) You officially just got it's just wow. And he just wipes kind of a tear. Best one today. <laughs> oh, fuck you, dude. Oh, awesome. Gonna be hard to follow that. <laughs> Nobody? Well, we can get the old show on the road then. <laughs> and he kind of arches his back a small bit. Miss Whistlecoil left pretty straightforward instructions as to how she was to be, and her words, disposed of. (laughs) The instructions, though somewhat definitely the weirdest, (laughs) will be carried out. Mr. McGoggin has seen to the first part of the will. And uh, the officiant uh, puts a hand on the, the white cloth that was draped on top of the altar. And you'd seen something kind of covered over by it. And he pulls it back. And there's just a giant rocket. <laughs> <laughs> Miss <laughs> Whistlecoil had chosen to be cremated, but had expressed that her ashes not be interred on top of some dusty mantelpiece, and in parentheses that she knows that bested Nate won't clean. <laughs> so she requested that her body be returned to the afterlife in the same fashion she believed she came into this life. And again, I quote, and she put it so eloquently herself, a big fucking explosive mess. <laughs> <laughs> and at this stage, the crowd are, are laughing. Like everybody is just having a, a, a chortle to themselves. Miss Whistlecoil's ashes are to be rocketed uh, above the waters of Lake Capulet and they're exploded, <laughs> scattered to the winds. I would now like to ask Ike 
and Jess to come and light the rocket. Again, as per her wishes. <laughs> and I, I just kind of light up. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and Jess just kind of looks down at her and they walk over. And there's a, a little candle and the 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 the, the tiefling uh, priest just kind of clicks his fingers a little like he rubs it together but there's a little bit of friction and sparks and the the candle lights and then it goes out <laughs> does it again and then it goes out <laughs> sorry must be one of those tricky candles we <laughs> I, I do birthdays as well <laughs> <laughs> And Ike just takes kind of a, a a small little flint out of her pocket and just cracks it off the altar. Sparks light up and then the cloth lights on fire. <laughs> and Jess takes the candle and kind of puts it into the fire and kind of just holds it up. Jess just looks around at everybody. I can't do it. can't say goodbye and he just and Ike puts a hand on his hand and she closes it it's not goodbye she's gonna be in the sky you dummy (laughs) (laughs) and Jess just looks down at her and he smiles and Ike just kind of guides the candle towards the fuse and it sparks up with a hiss and a fizz. And immediately, Arthur just grabs them both by the cuff and just pulls them away from the rocket. And for a moment, the crowd just watches with bated breath. And there's just a screaming roar as the rocket shoots straight upwards. And it loops. It whizzes back and forth. It drops and then shoots straight back up. It's a full spectacle, uh, <laughs> this rocket, as it almost roller coasters uh, on its flight path. And then for a moment, it just blinks. And there's a flash of light. And there's a pop. And you can just make out the faint sparkle of powder as it glitters in the sky. And then it just starts to rain well that's that family and friends and all those wishing to pay their respects can find their way to the copper rabbit there's some food and light beverages to be served not for free Again, as expressed in Miss Whistlecoil's uh, <laughs> testament. Over the course of the next few minutes as people shuffle out, a lot of people come to the front to offer their sympathies. And shake your hand, Nate, Cloda, Kyle, actually, because you're sitting at the front row as well. And a lot of people are offering their sympathies to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And then it's just the five of you. There's a carriage uh, at the top of the road to take you back into the city. After all of you. I just kind of stand back and wait to see what Nate and Claudia are going to do. Just wait for them. I'll stand up next to Claudia and I will take her by the hand. 
and we'll walk to the carriage. Kyle jokingly slips his hand into Hephaestus. I whip my hand away and just glare at him. He smiles. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Nate and Cloda, you just start walking hand in hand towards the carriage. Festa, Kyle, much oh, the same. Yeah. Assuming uh, they let me in. Yeah. <laughs> 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 no. uh, and Fia, yeah, you see that they've they just nobody says anything, but well, with the exception of Festa uh, and Kyle, uh, nobody's talking, and you all just clamber into the carriage. Yeah. It takes a little bit longer to get into the city. There's a lot of people just heading back in and as you can draw through the warehouse district into the slum district and towards barefoot alley where the copper rabbit is found it's thronged with people like everyone is using anything that could be used as a table or a chair to sit on and put drinks on and food on and people are just shuffling in out of their homes their flats just bringing out everything they can uh to to feed each other, to offer a drink to their neighbor, to their friend, uh, to those who've come to uh, bid farewell to Marilla. But as the carriage draws near, the driver uh, turns back. I think the five of you might have to get in there on foot. It's quite busy, and I, I don't think I can navigate the, the carriage safely through these people without killing people. Oh, um, that's okay, we'll, we'll walk from here, and I, I get up to open the door and hold it open for everyone. I'll get out and help Claude out. Once the two of them are out, then I stop holding the door. (sighs) I just take a deep breath. I am a changed woman. (laughs) I do not get mad about things. And then I slam that fucking door open and step out myself. (laughs) Hey, you didn't think to bring flats, did you? I didn't realize we were going to be doing so much walking. No! <laughs> um, do you know I what? wear boots. No, that's fair. My feet are quite a bit smaller than yours. <laughs> it wouldn't have worked anyway. Come on. We've, so, so far we've established that you have very large feet and a head that cannot walls in this episode. So I would like to see that fan art. <laughs> Big flaming homunculus. Just... <laughs> Eldridge Blast! <laughs> <laughs> Nate and Claude, as you're making your way towards the Copper Rabbit, a lot of people, people are kind of parting ways to let you through, but uh, as just as many are stopping, you know, putting a, a hand on a shoulder, giving you a hug or shaking your hand and offering their sympathies and their apologies. As busy and all as it is outside on the streets, the Copper Rabbit seems to be just the nearest and dearest. It's uh, McGucket, the, the McGuckets, um, I can Jess, uh, you can it's kind of like the regulars that would have been kind of floating in and out uh, set over in a corner with a rather large Goliath in full uh, suit. I mean like smartware, not armor suit. Uh, just behind him, you see uh, those of you who recognize her, you see Mary Robinson <laughs> set there just sipping Sekhmet uh, is set and a couple of bookish types are kind of gathered around her and they're they're asking questions and they're talking and you see 
Quillo is perched at the bar and again a gaggle of people around him and when you step through uh, Ike and Jess just kind of are, are in the middle of playing smack rat sans the rat literally hitting stuff with sticks for fun Arthur kind of stands up and everyone on seeing the four of you plus Kyle and her kind of turns to look um, and he approaches you with kind of a, a tray of sandwiches well, uh, I, I reckon Miss Miller will be really proud of that spectacle. <laughs> Who's the big guy in the suit? Is that one of her exes? Mary Robinson just kind of brings her hands up over her face and just shakes her head. I told you, I really didn't need a bodyguard. I know these people. Is there anyone serving behind the bar? or Because it's just sort of immediate family inside. There's nobody kind of behind the bar, but there's a couple of bottles of wine there's some your favorite dwarven cherry whiskey uh dragon breath brandy there's yeah and then there's non-alcoholic stuff there as well um like okay as, as he was holding the tray he was one hand to the other hand as he was talking to you, he was shoveling a sandwich into his face just kind of out of nerves since he's a nervous eater i'll grab a bottle of dwarf cherry whiskey and uh take a swig I'll offer it to cloda yeah she just shakes her head and i'll go down and sit in the wingback chair that's next to the fire. Um, Clodagh's just going to put her hand on Mugokut's arm and say, thank you for all your help. Help? Uh, Clodagh, you know exactly Merla Whistlecoil has found ten things wrong with what happened there today. <laughs> well, we appreciate it. Well, we're family. Hmm. Family. And he looks around. We stick together. Uh, she just nods. Uh, I reckon we have a new family member. And he looks over at you, <laughs> Kyle. I didn't know you knew Marilla or the others, but you're welcome. Mm, I don't really. And the whole thing's been quite a bit awkward, so best not draw attention to it, please. <laughs> Radio then. Why don't you sit yourself down there by Mrs. McGucket? She's not much of a talker. We can get you a sandwich. It's not a pick on you. You're a fine specimen of a person. <laughs> Kyle's eyes have been locked with McGucket this entire time. <laughs> and I reckon you could use a sandwich. And he shoves another one into his mouth. <laughs> Okay. Do you know what I was actually, when I was asking about the drinks, I was going to help. Is there anything you need done that could actually help things here? Uh, well, uh, I, I'm... I, you, uh, drinks. Yeah. If you would maybe want to see if anybody wants a drink freshen up, that would be mightily kind of you. Absolutely. Can do. And pats him on the shoulder. <laughs> uh, quite soft hands. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And he just kind of turns back and he sees you, Nate, sitting in the chair and he just puts the the tray of sandwiches down next to it. Give me a perception check. Doesn't make a difference. Michael could got a nat 20. <laughs> 13, yeah. Okay. Um, as you're kind of sitting there, uh, you're just kind of looking into the fire. He kind of slips the bottle of cherry whiskey away. Like he just, just takes it. Uh, he just it's just that kind of like little whip around where he put the sandwiches down up oh, pick up that bottle and he just walks away 
Um, and he just goes back to sitting by Mrs. McGucket and... Uh, I put my hand on, on Clodagh's arm and I just said, do you want do you want something to eat? Or a drink? Maybe, maybe just some tea. Okay. Like at that in the kitchen, right? Um, yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'll, I'll come with you. Okay. Um, sorry, I, I don't know where anything is. I just wanted to be helpful. That's okay. Uh, I'll, how about I make it and you can keep me company. Okay. Just head to the kitchen. Fia and Claudia, you pass by Kyle. Nate sitting on the, the chair, just looking into the fire. Uh, Hephaestus, you were. Can I just like look around? Is there anyone here who doesn't hate me? <laughs> I mean, Mary Robinson's fairly different to you. <laughs> I'm just going to go sit at the bar. <laughs> okay. Um, you prop yourself down at the bar and uh, the gaggle of people that had kind of swarmed around Quillow just kind of dissipates a little bit and they shuffle on inside. So how's the politician thing going? Yeah, it's um, pretty good. That's, that's good. Um, how's the not being dead thing going uh, not bad yeah and the and he kind of just eyebrows or kind of throws a look at Kyle don't really know um probably could be worse Kyle like takes a sniff of an open bottle and says oh my god I didn't think spirits could go off <laughs> maybe could be worse guess it could be dead or he looks over his shoulder and he looks at Nate. He doesn't say anything, but he just looks at Nate. Don't know, really. Hey, look. Uh, Gotta hit rock bottom sometime. I just turn around in my chair and, like, I don't know, face a wall. Like, <laughs> You're facing segment. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Welcome to a family funeral in my way. <laughs> so, uh... How's the not being dead thing going? <laughs> I mean... I always knew you could do it. Same. I think we've finally got something in common. Mm. Unfortunately. Mm. So what's the plan now? Don't know. Don't really have one. You hang around to see if she left you hanging in the wheel? It's worth a try. Yeah. She didn't like me, but there was some mutual respect there. Mm. And Sekhmet looks around the room. Mm. Seems to be a lot of people here who don't really like you. I'm used to it. Grew up with you. And she smiles. Oh, we did. How's, you know, the rest of them? Not dead. That's something. Mum. Didn't really say much. 
it's probably for the best. She said, Dad's expanded on the forge. Nice. Mm -hmm. That's. I know he's been wanting to do that. Yeah. Are those drinks, are they ready? Are the drinks ready? I don't know if this is actually potable. Just give it to me. Okay. Just... Uh, give me a roll of a d20. <laughs> and I figure Kyle knows how to make a drink, so you can add your proficiency bonus to that. Uh, sorry, 13 plus what's proficiency? Three. Three? Yeah. 16. You, yeah, you. it's strong. Perfect. It's that strong and it's alcohol and it's in a nice glass that is. It's, did, did Kyle bring his own glassware? Because <laughs> you've never seen glasses looking as clean uh, <laughs> in the Copper Rabbit. In the kitchen, Clodagh, you are. You have a pot on a small stove just uh, boiling away. Via, you watch as Clodagh just whizzes around the kitchen grabbing cups and a small little uh, metal tin. And, She's uh, pulling out some dried leaves. She's putting them into a little strainer, and she's busying herself. Can I? Can I help in any way at all? Um, I was going to make you tea. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I think we should make Nate some. <laughs> he hasn't drank anything except dwarf whiskey for a few days. That's probably a good idea. Oh, where are the cups? Uh, just over there. Mm. I point to a cupboard. Yeah, and I start helping out what little ways I can by grabbing things like that. Uh, Fia, you reach into the cupboard. When you open it, you were kind of expecting the same stuff you'd see in the bar. Yeah. But there's a couple of what are obviously handmade mugs, and you can just see kind of a, a three small little clay cups. One with the letter M on it, one with the letter J on it, and one with the little I on it. I just kind of stare at them for a minute and then just kind of touch one slightly, but go and I reach for two other cups. You you don't want some? No, no, I, I'm okay. I just kind of want to help out. Don't be worrying about me. Is there a tray maybe as well? Where would I find one of those? Um, yeah. <laughs> that was like a tray. <laughs> and a copper rabbit. <laughs> or, I don't know, like a plank of wood or something. Oh, yeah, board. Right over there. <laughs> There's a stack of wood in the kitchen. <laughs> I get one that's kind of like flat tray-esque, just okay. to put the cups and the, the pot on and stuff like that to carry out. Before they leave, I'm just going to turn to it um, for you and say, Nate's really going to need your help getting over this. Of course, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, he'll have the two of us anyway. And uh, she's just going to smile and head back out to the bar. I just kind of square off my shoulders a little bit again and take a deep breath and I walk back out into the bar. Um... I go over to where Nate's sitting and I hold out a cup of tea to him. Here. Hmm? Oh, right. thank, thanks. Yeah. Just grab that. I grab the cup off of her. Do you want anything to eat? No, I've got like a full tray of sandwiches. Uh, well, my God, it's been back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of crusts. <laughs> yeah, maybe... 
get one or two into you, okay? Okay, thank you. And then I go over to Claudia then with a cup of tea for her as well. Thank you. You need to eat something too. I will. Like now, please. Um, she begrudgingly picks up a sandwich and waves it at Fia and then eats it. <laughs> She's going to look around for Ike and Jess. They are sat with Mr. and Mrs. Pococket. Okay, she's listening just, intently. Yeah, she's just gonna leave them to it then. Well, I reckon Miss Marilla, she'd be knocking kneecaps. <laughs> this is a sorry excuse for a week. I'm calling it. That's it. You've got five seconds to get last of them tears out. No more crying. I ever tell you folks how me and the missus met? No. Well, Marilla brought the two of us together and she he reaches down for Mrs. McGucket's hand and she just slaps it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like literally he got a belt of a couple of rings. Um... <laughs> Yep. Me and Bridget. We were, you know, before we were knocking boots, we were knocking heads. <laughs> As they say, we were adversaries in business before we were entangled in bed. And we were many, way before, way before any of you whippersnappers were. Causing ructions and ruckus. We were fighting over who got the contract to supply the copper rabbit when Marilla first opened. And an old Mrs. McGucket here was not exactly pleased when I beat her. Undercut her really well. Oh, I just, I had a supplier. I was able to get my hands on some top quality goods. And you just hear a heh from Mrs. McGucket. And that's when things went south. See, Mrs. McGucker here is not one to be done out of a deal. And, uh, she went uh, and, uh, well, she she reckoned I had something nefarious going on and I was trying to pull a fast one on Miss Marilla. And I think everybody here knows that nobody pulls a fast one on Marilla Whistlecow. Nobody. And everyone's like, oh yeah, no, God, no. Nope. <laughs> well, herself... And the wife, well, she wasn't the wife at the time. They came and they confronted me. Words were exchanged. If I remember correctly, a fist or two were exchanged as well when he uh, rubs his jaw. We see, I had the wool pulled over my eyes. And I thought that what I was selling was top quality. But it turns out I've been hoodwinked. In my younger days, I wasn't the fine, distinguished salesman that you all have come to love and respect. I was really hoping somebody would agree with there, but <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. I, 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 uh, oh, thank, thank you, Miss. Thank you, Miss. Thank you, Miss Cloda. That's Madeline Handy. 
Well, after the bruise on my jaw healed and I could talk again, I told them where they could find the game. And it was... We ain't talking... We ain't talking to the gangs that you folks, and he looks particularly at Ike and Jess, <laughs> run with these days. Real tough. Real mean. Oh, yeah. Well, I remember this one particular group, the gang that I, I was doing my dealings with. Halfling group. The kneecappers. Oh. They'd sooner... Take the legs out from under you. Rob your bland. They give you directions. <laughs> well, when I went and I confronted them with Bridget and Marilla, they weren't exactly pleased. Truth be told, I don't think Marilla went there to get her coin back. Mm. Copper rabbit in hand. Well, let's just say the kneecappers didn't have a whole lot of kneecaps left. (laughs) And when the dust settled and my vision returned, I saw for the first time Bridget. All woman. And Couple of days later, Marilla Whistlecoil married us right here in this very spot. And Mrs. McGuckett shifts a little bit in her seat. And you see that she has uh, a brooch of a small green little rabbit. It's the only splash of color on her entire black ensemble. The, that, that halfling band, the, the kneecappers, didn't they run a brothel called the Thigh Highs? <laughs> uh, Mrs. McGucket covers I can just with you. You're right. They went straight into the sex industry. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm 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 familiar. How festifying is hilarious, by the way. <laughs> Well, and McGucket just kind of slaps his thighs and he gets sandwich grease on his pants. From what? Sorry, yeah, sandwich <laughs> grease. <laughs> Greasy sandwiches. Yeah. What? There's bacon in the oh, sandwich. Okay. Peanut wow. sandwiches. Yeah. Peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah, greasy. Greasy sandwiches. <laughs> greasy peanuts. We had greasy peanuts, now we've got greasy sandwiches. <laughs> Season two. Still greasy. <laughs> Still greasy. <laughs> what about the rest of y'all? Come on. She's not around. And you know, you know, Miss Marilla, she'd love, she'd love not better to hear than everybody else poking fun. All right, all right, all right. I put my legs up like on the stool and shove myself way over the bar to grab a bottle like from behind Kyle. I just fucking grab it and I turn around and sit down and take a big swig out of it because fuck him. I do what I want. (laughs) I just start chugging. (laughs) I'm just looking at her with daggers. Thumbs up to Fia. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing that, I want to go over and take the bottle off of her when she thumbs gives me the thumbs up. Okay. Fucking fight me for it. <laughs> okay, both of you give me strength opposing. 
Saving throws? Opposing strength saving throws. Fifteen. Three. Okay. Uh, you give her the thumbs up, she storms over and just snags the bottle straight from your hands. I just climb out of the bar and grab another one. Sit down. I was sitting down. Stop making this about you. And I just start drinking again. Pillow is giving you looks, Fia. Stop making a scene. I'm not. She is. She was telling a story about the dearly departed. You stormed up in a tizzy and grabbed the bottle from her hands. I think for the first time in her life, Fia walks away from him and back into the kitchen. He rolls his eyes. Finding the awkwardness absolutely unbearable, Kyle just proffers to the room at large. Anybody else got a story about Marilla Whistlecoil? Well, it's tradition that a stranger amongst us, a new friend, offers their version their their words they they join us they form part of a new family or we lost one we gain somebody new and i reckon and he just looks right over at you kyle kyle's feverishly trying to clean a glass that somehow seems to be getting dirtier the more he scrubs it <laughs> the cloth is very dirty <laughs> yes okay. i'm getting that um, sir oh uh, <clears throat> he kind of brushes his hands off on his uh, blouse and uh, kind of addresses nobody in the room. I'm going to be honest, I don't generally hang around long enough after a death to get to this point. I don't really... What is life? <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Ah, uh, you know what? Um, life is is a a a long string of having to endure uh, things, things like this, uh, death on scales, vast and unthinkable things, and at the same time. Deeply, deeply personal. And that is not to be overlooked um, because it will mean different things to each of you. And Marilla Whistlecoil will mean different things to each of you. And I can't say definitively what any of you will take from this or any of you have taken from her or what she's given to any of you. But what I can say is that regardless Based on what I saw of her, which admittedly very pretty, the pink crystal, I could not imagine anyone except for a woman like that to be the type of person who might somewhere at this very moment be attempting to figure out how to pilot a whale. <laughs> But if there's a way, I'm damn sure she'll find it. And he raises the glass. 
Arthur and, and Mrs. McGucker gets to her feet as well and she they're like I can just also have glasses now as well uh, <laughs> um, they, yeah they all lift a glass and just as McGucker roars or is about to roar for cheers or another salute to Royal Whistlecoil there's a huge commotion outside everybody give me a perception check 11 23 that one okay you're just so wrapped up in yourself and what you just said <laughs> that you're like, god oh, no. that was such a good speech <laughs> yeah. yeah Kyle you're just in love with yourself uh, 12 okay uh, basically everybody, everyone but Kyle hears <laughs> what happens outside. like literally every, you, everyone is about to kind of like applaud and cheer and like kind of cry and you're Kyle you're standing there expectantly so <laughs> it's actually mid bow yes <laughs> everybody is fixed on the debacle and the sounds of hogs outside as people are roaring and screaming and you hear stuff getting smashed and next to the doors of the copper rabbit are knocked down as a giant brown hog just barrels through. Sekhmet and her party are squashed up against the wall. <laughs> um, stuff is knocked and sent flying everywhere. And immediately right behind the hog comes barreling in a giant furball uh, dressed in leather uh, hide and fur uh, armor and she's wielding just two brass knuckles uh, in her fists and she throws a punch at the nearest person <laughs> which happens to be an academic and that guy his head he's just he's out for a count like he's just gone there's a cracking of teeth and the boar just comes in and it's now everyone give me everyone actually but Kyle give me deck saving throws because the rest of you are all kind of out in the floor except Fia because you're in the bar in the kitchen yep. you actually so yeah Fia you heard the commotion you haven't seen any of this yeah 15 okay 6 12 okay, okay. so Cloda takes 6 bashing damage <laughs> uh, and uh, Festa and Nate take 3 as you are all knocked about the bar this boar is or sorry this hog is just kicking and ramming into everything and in the commotion of it all Kyle and Fia you kind of come out and kind of pop your head around the bar and you see that Quillo has kind of standing in the doorway as well you see atop the hog a gnome woman just this mass of black wiry hair and a red streak uh, dyed through it uh, and she leaps off the bar with a yeah and onto the ground and just bull rushes you all. Initiative rolls, please. Oh, what the fuck? Marilla 2.0, she's back. At 23. Six. Okay. Ten. Four. 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 <laughs> Fiat, uh, as you rush out and you see that Quillo is standing kind of there, as you go to move, he because he got higher than you, rushes right past you, leaps over the bar, grabs Sekhmet, and just disappears out the front door with her. Okay, I draw out my Raven's talent, and I'm just, I'm holding my action um, in case any of these guys attack any of my friends. And by friends, I mean Cloda or Nate. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the gnome barbarian. And on a 22, she pile drives straight into McGucket. Uh, <laughs> You literally, uh, the, the gnome woman just ah, 
and just charges straight into McGucket, pile driving into him. As quick as she does, Mrs. McGucket is on top of her and they're just throwing punches at each other. The hog. Oh, okay, the hog is rolling. Oh my God, I'm rolling really well with this. The hog, it can't charge, but it's going to try and... Yeah, the hog is just going to smash up the bar. The hog back kicks uh, and Kyle, where you were, he he's just put his two back legs through the bar. It was barely standing as it was. It was a pretty shaky <laughs> setup. Uh, there's a smashing of glass and wood and the boar and you now have kind of like, you've nothing kind of between you and it. Mm. Cloda. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm going to cast animal friendship on the boar. <laughs> <laughs> Ruining all the fun. Oh, girl. God damn it. I'm a pacifist. <laughs> it's what my character would do. Wisdom saving throw. Oh, I think that's very against your spell save DC. Come on, be less than 16. 13. Yep. Yeah. Uh, you focus on the boar and you're like, okay, um, how, what song do the boars like? What do they do? And you just start, you start kind of half singing, half humming something at it. Uh, and the boar kind of looks, it kind of turns its head from you, snorts, and then lets out just a big, like it just, there's a wet thwack oh. as it just blows snots out of its uh, nostril and a big thick booger splats on the ground at your feet. As if to say, that's what I think of your friendship. That's rude. <laughs> Bonus action. Uh, who's next? Hephaestus. <laughs> and after that... <laughs> You know what? I'm just going to give Bardic Inspiration to Nate. Okay. Why even ask? So, Nate, you have Bardic Inspiration, which is ideal. They're just going to inspire each other. Pew, 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 pew. Because. <laughs> no, you're great. No, you're great. <laughs> uh, the Furbolg uh, woman rushes in, uh, and Nate, she's going to go and try and slug you. On a Nat 1, that's not going to happen, though. So, you have a free action against her. Uh, as it's a free action, I'm just going to take my virgin cocktail that I have in my hand and smash it into her face. Okay. Nice. Uh, so, nice, nice. Uh, Give me, you don't have imp- uh, improvised weapon? No, I don't. So uh, just make a straight up uh, attack roll. Do I get to add like dex or strength to that? You get to add your strength. Uh, okay, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a 19 plus whatever my... Uh, yep, that'll, that'll hit. So roll yeah. a d4. I rolled a four. Okay. Oh, nice. Uh, Thanks. You you swoop your drink up off the ground, take a sip from it. Oh, ugh, it's virgin. And then <laughs> smash it into her head. And you see kind of shards of glass sticking in her hair. There's like kind of an orange sticky liquid that's kind of like running down the side of her face. It is actually now your action, your turn. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, I think as as my hand sort of follows through, sort of smashing the glass, I'm gonna come down and just I'm just gonna assume I have my rapier on me, as a hero does, <laughs> and and just make an attack with my rapier. Uh, that's a twenty-one to hit. That does. You roll your damage. Uh, just always roll your damage at the same time, anyway, yeah. in case you haven't. But um... right. So that is uh, five plus three, so eight damage in that same kind of motion as you said as you smash the glass you reach for your rapier and as you do and you draw it across you see the rapier catch with her and it slices into her armor and stuff like that uh, but she she kind of grabs the blade uh, and she's wearing gloves she's winded um, but you don't see any blood uh, and she's now holding 
your sword. Festa. So I just want to take another swig and throw the bottle down and go, woo! And can I jump on top of the boar and try to like, how <laughs> <laughs> that? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> you can jump onto the boar. Mm. We're going to do opposing strength checks sure. to see if this thing throws you off. Oh, God. <laughs> I got an at 20. I got a four. <laughs> so how about that, bitch? <laughs> so you smash the bottle, scream woo, throw yourself at the bottle, <laughs> land on it, yep. and immediately you are catapulted across the bar uh, just towards kind of Nate and the fireplace. You narrowly avoid the flames uh, <laughs> as you crash into the wall, sending kind of a bookshelf with some dusty books and ornaments on it, cr- crashing to the ground. Uh, take take nine bashing damage. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Oh no, our fist. <laughs> She's <laughs> Kyle. Kyle. Kyle watches this happen, laughs a little, and uh, laughs a lot. And, yeah, well, no, no. Mm, yes, uh, it's a funeral. <laughs> you have to have a laugh. Uh, and then. Um, casts his arms out kind of in the general direction of the room and says everybody it'd be nice if we calm down because some of this stuff is explosive and I don't know how much and he casts calm emotions the fur bug failed 17 you succeeded you can be angry oh my still. god okay so 13 god damn it uh, you failed You're, you were already pretty chill anyway <laughs> in the middle of actually I have to roll for the McGuckets oh no mm-hmm. yeah Oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, the fight stops. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Kyle, you kind of you hold your hands out and it is that kind of like you speak with kind of a commanding voice um, and everybody but the boar, because everybody failed, right? I no, I, I succeeded. Okay. So, every- so I stand up and I'm just like, oh, let's go. <laughs> um, and the boar doesn't count. Uh, so you, the two of you can go and fight the boar. <laughs> yeah, let's continue. Just like old times. I just keep hitting the furball going, you're not my mom, you're not my mom. <laughs> there is a- <laughs> there- Are you serious about that? Yeah, no, no, no. Okay. Because the spell ends if the target is attacked or harmed by a spell or witnesses any of its friends being harmed. So okay. this is okay, a very okay. tenuous piece. Okay. <laughs> you guys don't know that. So it's, yeah, like a kind of a, a, a precarious, a fragile calm falls over the bar as the gnome and the furball women stop brawling. Outside, you can still hear a bit of a scuffle happening, but you can't really see it. And there's, you definitely hear hogs squealing and, 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 and like people roaring and shouting and stuff still getting smashed. But here inside the copper rabbit, there's a very, very thin layer of calm just holding everything. And the boar lets out a snort and it looks at the furbolg and it looks at the gnome and they both, they just seem kind of chill. Psychically to, who looks the least frazzled right now? Hephaestus and Nate. Least frazzled? Yeah. Um, oh, as in, oh, okay. Thomas. Probably Cloda. Psychically to Cloda, you hear a voice in your head saying, this lasts for one minute. So if you could just calm things down in one minute, that would be great. Fear. It's your turn. I'm calm as balls. Okay. So I am. So I'm just like, okay, that's fine. I'm calm. It's cool. The no woman kind of just... She just kind of pulled herself out of the tussle. 
and she pulls back she pulls kind of the goggles forward and kind of they slap onto her forehead eh, I've had better you bollockses who are you? it's me Estrella Estrella Whistlecoil fuck off ah <laughs> uh, Nick come here it's your auntie oh uh, uh yeah I'm good thanks Oh, uh, you were only this high when I landed. Wait, when you... Was it this high? <laughs> nah, you were a babe. You were only a babe. Oh, look at you. You're all grown up. And, ooh, what a grown up, you little schputz. Huh? Huh? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say, Shirley, you, you're, you're, you're late to the festivities. We already had it. And she takes out a rolled piece of parchment and she unfurls it, takes a quilt. <clears throat> licks it, like flicks it across her tongue and then scratches a big tick mark into start a bar brawl at the funeral Estrella <laughs> what is that oh it's it's Marilla's last will and testament what Cloda just we looked. did the rocket thing right you, did, you, you blew her up right you blew her up yeah yeah she's she's yeah oh good okay she'd be really pissed if we didn't do that so that's done okay we went out and we found those kneecappers and we gave them a good scene to and she starts to like shoulder or like she's nudging Beth into the into the thigh uh, or actually no sorry the calf because Beth is pretty much hunched down in here and uh yeah she she like I mean it was a come on it's pretty somber you gotta admit it's a pretty somber week the spell will have probably worn off around now, and Kyle just yells out, Who wants drinks? Oh, 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 oh I like the cut of this lady's gym. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, I don't know what's good. Do you know what's good? I'll just put it all in a bucket. <sighs> I like this lady. <laughs> like, throws up in his mouth. <laughs> ah, come on, you little bollocks. Come on. Drinks all around. Drinks on me. Ah, drinks on, drinks on old Auntie Estrella. Come on, mate. That was specifically not in the rules. Everyone pays. Flesh and blood, huh? Flesh and blood. <laughs> flesh and blood's funeral and I have to pay. Yeah, Marilla doesn't give a shit about that. You know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> bitch. <laughs> yeah, the old bitch. Ah, ah, ah she's dead. <laughs> ah, Jesus. Ah, God. Cloda just looks... <laughs> fucking love this lady right here so uh who 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 we got here i i recognize nate you can tell you must be fia she looks over at cloda oh no i'm cloda uh, I work here. Doesn't ring a bell. Oh. She just kind of sits down. Yeah, that's what I figured. Uh, I'm, I'm Fia. Ugh. <laughs> I, I assumed you were a dish lady or something. I'm so sorry. I don't work here. <laughs> Nothing you've ever worked a day in your life. Huh? Hi, Festa. Doesn't ring a bell. Okay, that's fair. Right, has never brought you up. No, no, yep. All right, checks out. So here's the bucket. <laughs> I don't know how you want to go about this. Do you want to just kind of dunk your heads in or? We got manners. 
and she just puts both of her hands in and she takes out a handful of it. Estrella <laughs> and I have, we have, have um, we've been charged. Um, Marilla thought it would be uh, um, ideal if we, um, we were to enact her last will and testament. So um, we have been instructed that this is a private affair and uh, only named parties um, are to uh, um, participate. Um, so, uh, and she starts kind of patting herself down and she's like, it's, uh, uh, and then the hog just squeals and over it like over its back there uh, on the saddle and stuff that there is a couple of like knapsacks beth sees what she's looking for and it's another piece of paper and it is it's not the bucket list it's the actual will and testament i am we need to speak to um uh, mr mrs mcguckett and arthur and uh bridget stand up and then, uh, oh, uh, and she looks down, she lifts the leg up and she kind of half pressed I can Jess to the floor. Like she wasn't crushing them, but she <laughs> pinned them. And then you too must be I can Jess. Uh, and Ike is, like, Ike is now like chewing on the heel of her boots. Um, <laughs> and Jess is like, I'm going to die. <laughs> and then um, uh, 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 Cloda. And um, uh, we have Nathaniel, but that's great um, and again it's lovely to meet you i've heard a lot about you from estrella no you haven't i never talk about that little shit thing <laughs> and um we have uh, miss fia and uh uh oh uh, estrella can you i um, the last part is just it's kind of scratched and sort of haste ang- ang- aggressively written Asbestos. We're looking for asbestos. <laughs> Present. Ah, okay. Okay. Uh, well, the, the, that the rest of you, fuck off. <laughs> Not you. We need drinks. I poured it all into the bucket. Oh, well, put it in some cups. Yes, madam. <laughs> okay. So, she's dead. And that's very sad. Okay. We can all agree to that. Here, here. Thank you. The will actually required somebody to add to that. So, so thank you. The will is a call and response. (laughs) (laughs) When I say dead, you say money. (laughs) Money. Some of you absolute bollockses possibly know that Marilla wasn't well. She always looked like shit next to me, but that's aside. That's aside. That's aside. She was, I'm sure, to some people's taste, she was, I'm sure. I'm sure there was somebody out there that just loved that. Okay. But she hadn't been doing well the last couple of weeks. Months, really. And she, she said there was a fight some assassins you know some some typical marilla bullshit probably and it just made things worse when she got caught up in it she looked for a cure 
Beth and I, we, well, we took the Roadhogs out and we, we scoured Galechar too, but there was nothing. Just buy her some time. The headaches were getting worse. She, well, she's Marilla. Stubborn as an ass. Twice as ugly. She went out her own way. Now, it says here, you can't be sad. You can be angry. You can be pissed. But not for too long. She wouldn't want it. It's bad for you. Bad for the blood. Look at this one. You, you can definitely tell she spends most of her life pissed off at the state of her she's age 15 years. Definitely. <laughs> Poor asbestos. Okay. So there's some things we gotta resolve now. Okay, so Marilla has left some of you some stuff. And most of it's intact. Okay? I, and I only took the cheap stuff. Mr. and Mrs. McGuggan, <laughs> you suckers have to take care of the brats. I can just. That was my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> Have a deep. It's like it said, somebody no. get this woman a funeral sandwich. <laughs> no, I can jex. No pressure. But Marilla said, if you wanted, and no pressure, but if you don't do it, you basically be breaking her heart. You can take on the whistle coil name. You're her brood. Her babies. Her bubbles. Her little bollockses. <laughs> huh? And whether you do or don't, no consequence to me. You too. When Ike turns 18, the copper rabbit is yours. It's your home. Until then, Mr. and Mrs. McGucket, it's yours to run. Hopefully not into the ground. Like all those other business ventures of yours are. <laughs> Oh, and there's a proviso, Jess and Ike. You only get to take over so long as neither of you has a criminal record. <laughs> or at least you just don't get caught. Okay, just don't get caught. That's my, my advice. You just don't get caught. <sighs> to Nate. Nothing. Ah, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> To Nathaniel Obsidian McKnight. My son. I leave you the second most precious... Nope. Third most precious thing in my life. I leave you my fortress of aptitude. And the contents therein. <laughs> what? You will find it on a smile island... On Lake Capulet. A smile. A smile. Island. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing this for a couple of hours now and I'm starting to lose the ability to word. Mm. She's mourning? <laughs> yeah, I'm in mourning for my sister. Minus pints for all of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> nice. Now, specific instructions, Nathaniel. You are to pack up your shit. And tomorrow, you and your nearest and dearest and fear and her. Pesta. Pes. Pes. Piss face. <laughs> are to go with him 
or else he doesn't get zip, squat, nada, nothing. <laughs> Fuck all, it'll blow up. <laughs> okay, well, you have that there. Okay, well, that's on you. You got, you got a fortress. Good for you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> Miss Cloda Metamoon. This is yours. And as Estrella is reading from the, the scroll, Beth moves to the hog and draws out a... Please say it's from the knapsack. It's from the knapsack. Okay. <laughs> from a bag on the boar's uh, back, she takes out something wrapped in cloth and she unrolls it. And there you see a short walking stick, the copper rabbit. And around it, there's a note. To my Cloda, you were and are one of the special ones. One of my little bastards. One of those who came into my life and changed me. You've got heart, girly. Don't waste it here. Take the cane. Strike out on your own. The world will know your name. And if it doesn't, hit it upside the head. <laughs> then it'll definitely know your name. I love you. N. Oh, that's it. There's nothing else. Fear and asbestos, you don't get anything. I mean, you get to go on a holiday with this schmutz, but... Great. Fantastic. Okay. And Estrella just takes out the other scroll and the quill and she takes it off. Okay. That's the wheel done. Bye. <laughs> well, see, Marilla and I had a bet. If I died first, she was to marry the first putz she was with, or the last putz that she was with. If she died, I was to finally settle down. And Estrella just kind of flaps out uh, her coat and from her pocket she draws out a small little box and she opens it Beth Whittlefinger will you do me the honour of becoming Mrs. Beth Whistlecoil and Beth just wallows up uh, oh Estrella I did I Yes! And she scoops, she literally scoops down, picks her up, and gives her a huge kiss uh, on the face. Okay, uh, so we're going to need a priest, um, uh, and some flowers, uh, and drinks. We need wedding drinks now, no more funeral drinks. I had these in highballs. I don't know if she has flutes. Okay, well, find, find some flutes. Okay, is there a flautist? We need a flautist. <laughs> Come on, it's a celebration. We're getting married. It's a win. Hey, get out your old fiddlestick there. <laughs> Twang on it or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a win. It's uncomfortable. <laughs> Arthur uh, Shimmies himself takes his uh, cap off his head, flips it over, pops it out, and it goes from black to white. Oh my god! <laughs> Straight on. Well, perfect place. It's where me and Mrs. McGucka got married. Beth uh, with the list checks off get hitched <laughs> later that night 
as the party continues on downstairs and Nate, with Fia watching his imbibing uh, of whiskey throughout the evening, gets into a more of a festive mood and takes to the stage. And Though he's playing for Marilla, Estrella takes the attention for herself and her wedding. The bar is filled with hogs, bikers, ho- I suppose hoggers? You can't really call them <laughs> bikers, hoggers. Everybody from all walks of life comes in to celebrate Estrella Whistlecoil and Marilla Whistlecoil. And as the party continues on downstairs, Clodagh Metamoon slips through the crowd, knapsack, and copper rabbit, saying goodbye to nobody. She takes one last look over her shoulder, and she sets out to make the world her own. And upstairs from a window, Ike just waves goodbye. Knowing somewhere, sometime, she'll see Clodagh again. Or else. <laughs> and it only fit to leave the way she came. Clodagh heads out through the north gate. And as the two moons sit overhead and are reflected on the still waters of Lake Capulet, it felt only right she head the old smuggler's cove and to the place that when things were bad Marilla told her encouraged her to go and just sit and be still and listen and Cloda heads to a small hidden place only shared between her and Marilla the mermaid's navel and with the waters of Lake Capulet rolling slowly back and forth, lapping against the stone pebble shore. Cloda looks upwards and beyond the sky and the stars. And she begins to sing. Sleep, oh babe, for the red bee hums the silent twilight's fall Evil from the grey rock comes To wrap the world in thrall Alan van, oh, my child, my joy My own, my heart's desire The crickets sing you lullaby Beside the dying fire Dusk is drawn and the green man's horn is wreathed in rings of fog. Shiva sails his boat till morn upon the starry bog. June, I sing, oh love, to you. And she lets her voice echo out across the lake and into the world. And she thinks of Marilla Whistlecoil.
and she sets off on a journey of her own. This was Romancing the Dungeon. You've been listening to Amber as Hephaestia, Sam as Nate, Louise as Fia. I don't put an apostrophe between Nate Louise, so it's like Sam as Nate Louise as Fia. <laughs> <laughs> James as Kyle, and a special thank you to Eilish for her work and performance as Cloda. Our theme song Haunted is by Ghost of Red Mountain. Title card and artwork by Ralph is redacted. I'm Declan and I've been your Dungeon Master. If you like what you heard and want to know more about the show and the world of Romancing the Dungeon, check us out on social media at DA Dungeon. Plenty of behind the scenes shenanigans, giveaways and a growing community of daters over on our Discord channel. Don't forget, we're also on Twitch these days uh, with a new show every second Sunday called Rise of the Forsaken. It's a whole new world, whole new characters, some familiar voices. We're back in two weeks time. If that doesn't sound like your cup of tea, we're back in two weeks time. Uh, I will see you then. Actually, before I forget, Clodagh Metamoon is returning.